you and we are back with another episode of in spaces with chris connor i'm your host uh, i got two special guests one that you guys have have seen recently and another one that you are meeting for the first time uh hmm. we got coach mike cyprian in the building here who's been who's been rocking with us as of late you know uh given given his view and perspective from the coaching side of things and then we have i mean it says Lido. that's a familiar name but um Next to that says Holy Trinity Law Firm. Uh, brother, who are you here to represent today? Good afternoon, Christopher. Good afternoon, Michael. Uh, my name is Lito. I am I am Lito from the Holy Trinity Law Firm. I'm here in retainer to represent my client, Jonas Valentunas, Jonas Jerome Valentunas. <laughs> As we feel like he is being wrongfully used. I will use my time on this platform today to put this under a microscope and to amplify this message. I would like to, I feel like for this whole thing to be thrown out in adjournment, no further questions. Um, before we start, two things here. First thing. You must know that first, can't nothing and nobody fade what we trying to do and what we about to do. Second thing is, we got this game on our level. You understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> just needs to be played whenever you get the opportunity to do so. It's just really, you know, I don't think it really, it really even needs an introduction. But yeah, man, um, this show is is gonna be, you know, uh, built around Jonas Valanciunas. If you guys didn't know, um, well, first, you know, I'll just ask since it's since it's built about JV or built around JV, Coach Sip, uh, do you know any of Jonas's nicknames? Um, I just know he looks like he can be in the James Bond movie. Okay. All right. Well, well, one of his nicknames is Big Science. Uh, Lito, um, attorney at law. Uh, do you know the other Jonas Valanciunas nickname, your client? Uh, Christopher, I'm not here to give nickname usage. I'm just strictly here to talk about a professional basketball player. If this is going to be about uh, shits and giggles, I think you all <laughs> can just give me my time back. Okay, well, well, well. The answer to that is was a uh, Lith- Lithuanian lightning. That's his other name. Mm. Okay, um, uh, but but pause real quickly though. It's all about at least and athletics. We controlling this shit, and that's how we feel from the heart. <clears throat> any any type of introduction, but yo, appreciate y'all for pulling up. We gonna we gonna get into it here. So. The topic, you know, we wanted to talk about Jonas Valanciunas because, um, I mean, look, man, the Pelicans are currently on a third on a three game losing streak after a seven game winning streak, and I mean, look, you know, NBA seasons have a bunch of highs and lows, and you know, yes, New Orleans are missing, you know, a key a key part of this entire equation, but um, the production, the usage, the future of Jonas has been tossed around on social media and, and on podcasts and questioned throughout the fan base. And it's, it's just been a hot topic when you're speaking about the Pelicans and what they may need slash may look like going forward. Uh, so coach, I want to start with you. You know, I, I, I think the, my first question is what is causing, what's the biggest difference from, what we got a chance to see from from Jonas last year and this year is it simply about the roster or 
teams attacking him differently? Are there things that the team could be doing differently? What do you see right now um, that's having, you know, this amount of nights similar to what we saw some, some of the playoffs against Phoenix to where Jonas may be able to give you 25 minutes, 26 minutes one night. He may give you 17 or 15 the next. I believe it's inconsistency with the roster. Um, lineup changes. I mean, Jonas, is, Jonas and CJ, mainly Jonas, has been probably the only one of ours in the starting lineup that has been there the whole season. Um, but also, because it's so inconsistent, we don't have an identity as a team, so it's kind of hard to use them. And when I say that, you know, early in the, early in the year, we we're talking about are we point five? You know, you're talking about get the ball moving, share the ball, pace and space, and you know, play quick with the pass, quick off the bounce. And we we're talking about CJ holding onto the ball too much. Then we look like we found that a little bit, and then we we go point Zion, and we've been letting him rock out for however long he wants to do it, and found found some wins and some st- good stuff with that. But in the midst of all that. You have have parts coming in and out of the lineup, but Jonas Jonas hasn't been featured like he was last season. I think it's just got to do with a lot of the lineup changes. And to be honest with you, we all we all said it um, before that Jonas was going to probably be the odd man out once Zion got back. Because without Zion last season, you had to play through Jonas. You had he was your third option. Now with Zion, he's your first and third option. So Jonas has become a spacer. Uh, picking not a picking a, a spacer dunker spot catch and finish crash the glass type dude so he just kind of lost his identity with with some of the changes we made uh Lito being be, being Jonas's um defense attorney uh I do you think that your client is being misused or misrepresented right now on the basketball floor, has 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 he become a scapegoat for when things go wrong? Is that is he being unfairly treated at this point in time? You know, Christopher. Before I answer that question, I just like to say that you know the the real problem here is we live in a capitalistic society, one where it's all about what have you done for me lately. You guys have no memory, apparently, of the last season. And in that thinking, you forget about the past. The past data that I have on JV is where we find a beauty in his game. I could rest my case there. But last year, Jonas averaged 14 points, 14 rebounds in the playoffs. I'll just stop there, right? When he is featured in an offense, uh, and not not even necessarily a feature, but just a part of the offense, he's able to provide things that no other big on this roster can, right? Uh, 62% of JV's baskets are from assists. I don't have to tell you all. You, you guys seem like very smart men. This is my first time meeting you all, but you seem like smart men. I don't I don't have to tell you how big men get the ball. Unless, unless you are a, a Jokic or an NB, you are not dribbling the ball up the court yourself. 53% of Jonas's makes are directly from assists at the rim. 63% of all his shots are mid-range baskets that are assisted on. What I'm trying to say is, you guys seem like you work hard. 
when you come home from work at the end of a long day, right? Sometimes you don't have time to set the table. Sometimes you need help. Can you guys please just set the table for my client? I'm just trying to make sure that we can all eat. I rest my case. <laughs> I, I I definitely I definitely appreciate that defense. Um, I earlier earlier in your soliloquy there, you mentioned something about what it's all about. But one, but it's something you didn't say. Uh, hold on. It's all about at least and athletics. We controlling this shit, and that's how we feel from the heart. That's a fair point, and I and I and I wish I would have included that in my statement. To be respectful of the show, when, when you say what it's all about, it's about those two things: athletes and athletics. Okay, that's from Reverend Reverend Juvenile. Okay, all right. Uh, Coach Sip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach, <laughs> Coach Sip. Um, what do you think about about Lido's um, point there about you know he needs the basketball right and I, I mean how much like let's say Jonas went out let's say he was full in his cancer right now okay like the basketball player at one point when Ennis was just <laughs> the, the basketball version all right not the not the political guy but the guy who when Ennis was playing really well he did a lot of great things for you offensively. Yeah. Um, but he just couldn't. He got played off the floor de- defensively for a bunch of different reasons. Um, I think Jonas. I, 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 I'm not using it as a comparison as players. They're two different total players. But I'm asking to say if if Jonas was giving you more offensively right now, <laughs> do Go you? Okay, man. Go ahead, Boo Yeah. Yeah. No. No. All good. If he was giving you more offensively right now, do you think that we might be having a different conversation? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you because <laughs> can that happen? That's okay. We start talking about Jonas, everybody gets upset. I, I get it. I get it. Uh, you're, you're badgering the witness. <laughs> I, so, so uh, I was asking, basically, if Jonas was providing you more offensively consistently, right, whether it be three-point shooting, whether it would be dominating his matchup, controlling – uh, controlling the paint, rebounding is definitely it's not it's, it's not an issue for him really at all. Um, do you think we'd be having a different discussion, or does it matter if he simply isn't getting the touches that he may or may not deserve? Well, he can't dominate his match. He can't dominate his matchup if he's not getting the touches. And and if you look at the pace with how we play, I've watched clips um, where Jonas would Jonas would be in a trail spot, the ball would get reversed to him. He reverses to Whoever the guard is opposite him, would it be CJ or Jose? Um, and very few times where he's setting the screen, he has a chance to actually roll out of that screen and post up and get position. And when he does get position, nobody's seeing him because they're coming off super fast where they're not even looking at the roller. Or if he gets position, they've already called. So think about that where he's picking and he's rolling. He's fighting for position. He's not seeing it. Shot goes up. The ball races back down the court. Now he's got to sprint back down to play defense. Comes back down against us, another screen, doesn't get another touch. Shot goes up, or maybe a live ball turnover. We got to race back down in transition. He he doesn't he doesn't get a chance to develop any kind of rhythm. And I think people only associate rhythm with guards because they dominate the rock, they create their own shots. But dudes like Jonas, who aren't just lob catchers, you know, dunker spot finishers, Jonas needs a couple touches to feel his defender out, to get his left hand, right hand hook going to get his turnaround jumper going. But if he's only going to get two possessions, two touches every seven possessions, then he won't get a chance to dominate his matchup. 
So to, to Lito's point, he needs the table set. But you've got to find a way to get this man. And I alluded to it the last time where he's got to get the ball where he's comfortable at consistently. Everybody else get their touches where they're comfortable at. If the owner says getting his touches where he's comfortable at and the pace is going too fast, then you, you render them basically useless with how we want to play. So I, I do think that if he was dominating this matchup, you probably you probably wouldn't be having these conversations, but he doesn't ever get a chance to because the ball doesn't see him as much as it. He took five shots in the first half, or made five shots in the first half last night. And I don't think he touched it. I don't think he touched the ball maybe three times total the last, you know, 30 yeah. minutes of the game. Yeah. Excuse me, Mike. I hate to interject there, but he took two shots total the rest of that period of play for the Pelicans. How do you how do you dominate anything? I mean, the only time the owner touches the ball is if he's cutting to the basket or penetrating pitches or he's offensive rebounding. And Chris, you watch how out the offense. Jonas is a lot of times spaced out in the three-point line. So you've taken your biggest player away from the rim where he's most most beneficial to you. Yeah, you know, and I think I think it puts him in a weird spot because sometimes we see him, we see him when he finally gets some of those post touches, even if he starts off the game. I think a lot of a lot of games, a lot of first possessions, um, they start in Jonas's hands, you know, to start the game. Mm -hmm. right? You know, but it's not consistent enough to where you know, he's like a like a lot of big men. He's like a running back. You know, he's like a, he's right. like an old school running back. They need, you know, and everybody's not every running back isn't made to um, get make the most out of 10 touches or make the most out of five, mm -hmm. seven carries or just everybody's not like that. Some need 20, some need 15, some need. And what gets frustrating, I think, from fan bases, sometimes fans see. All right, well, Jonas is taking maybe three shots. You know, it's the third quarter, second quarter, whatever it is. He, he he gets the basketball and he's moving, he's reacting slow. He's reacting to the game because it might be the first time or one of the few times that he's seen the ball with a chance to attack. Um I I don't I, I'm not here necessarily to cop to cop please for him because I do think that you know, even when Jonas is in a rhythm, sometimes he's him processing the floor. Maybe a step slower, depending on the matchup, can get in the way, can fall, can force a little, a few different turnovers, can get you late, late in the shot clock, when you want him to get the ball and go. Whether that means a pass right away, whether that means a spin, whether that means him going to his move, but I do agree that it's difficult in any from any uh, perspective to um, expect him to to dominate or to get the most out of him, especially on the offensive side of the floor, if you're not really focusing on him which we talked about in all season was going to be difficult to do when you got yeah. CJ's Nyan and BI come and BI comes back. Um, Lito, I want to go to the other side of the basketball floor. Now um, we got about five minutes here and we're going, we're going to close out, but I want to get to the other side of the floor defensively. <clears throat> what do you do right now with him? And, or how about this? How much of the struggles that you've seen with him sometimes out there on the floor and being attacked is a is is a team or a scheme thing versus it just being about the individual and balance humans. You know, Christopher, I'd like to offer a rebuttal to this scenario that you presented to me. Uh, I'd like to say with the reduction in, in Jonas's minutes, uh, just to go back a little bit towards the offense, I don't know how my client can can give you any sort of thing as as Coach Mike said, there's no sort of rhythm that I can catch. I'm just not I'm not a little guard where I can, you know, I can catch fire here. Uh, I'm a very large human, 
and it, it, it needs some time to do so. Now, um, in fairness to your to your question, I, I can also offer a response to that. Uh, same thing with JV's uh, minutes per se, right? There's a reduction in his rebounding percentage. So his rebounding percentage has goes from 35, has went from 35% to 25%. You take it into account that he's really not playing fourth quarters of, of basketball here, right? <clears throat> you offered me a scenario of defense. Jonas Valentunas, Jonas Jerome Valentunas is a better player in drop coverage than people tend to give him credit for. Jonas, <clears throat> the scenario is not only the scheme, but I feel like a lot of times when you have a big who is supposed to take on that little guard in the mid-range area, nobody's helping the helper. Guy behind me, he's wide open. You can't. You're, you guys are not paying my client enough to do all of that work, right? So by the data, Christopher, opponents take 3% fewer shots at the rim when JV is employed. Now, what that means is by using his size, he not only does a great job of changing shots by the numbers, my client is at 26.1 defensive rating. Now, this current season, his, his rating is actually 109. So 109 defensive rating. I'm not sure what else you all want from him in, in, in that scenario. Also, I'd like to add that he ranks at 93% on cleaning the glass, right? That means he's ninth in the NBA out-rebounding opponents defensively. Coincidentally, Christopher, he's 22nd in the NBA offensive, offensive rebounding. And, well, when you're not allowed to be a part of the offense and I'm standing on the three-point line, I these are things that are not in my wheelhouse I can control. So, one, one more thing, because I, I like this guy, Michael. He has some great ideas, but I just like to say I like to say a couple more things before before I get off this this platform. Jonas is shooting uh fifty two point seven percent this season, right? Uh, like I said, the defensive rating is one hundred nine. He's also a plus twenty two for the season, right? Eighty two percent foul shooter on a year. <clears throat> if you want a man to be involved. You don't sit him on a three-point line, Christopher. I'm sure you know that. You seem like a smart guy. Your parents probably raised you well. You know if you want a person to be involved, you actually get them involved. My client cannot provide any valid usage for this team if he's not being used. One more thing before we get out of here. JV has <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I said I gave you the rebounding percentage. JV's ninth. I told you that, right? So yes. the only people in front of him, you got Clint Capella at eight, you got Precious Achu at seven. Nikola Jokic is at six. Yusef Nurkic is 10th. Christian Wood is 11th. And Anthony Davis is 12th. Seems like good company to me. Well, listen, well said. Not, not many uh, retorts there. Um, <laughs> all, right, all right. So we're going we to get out of here with this. Um, Pelicans got to get back on the, you know, on the winning side of things. And the next opportunity is Monday against the Bucks. Um, and I mean, look, it's going to be another another opportunity, another matchup that has a somewhat of a, of, of a traditional big. But Brooke Lopez in, in size or in stature, but Brooke just so happens to be playing some of the best basketball of his life right now. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten better, whether it was adding in the three, whether it was uh, picking his spots more offensively, whether it was. Um, you know, taking advantage of the matchup ahead of him, whether it was, I mean, there's video out there in the way he defends drop coverage. 
I mean, for a guy his size with his God-given athletic abilities, when we're talking about speed and acceleration, I mean, he does the most, the best of what he can do. Um, so shout out to Brooke. I think I saw somewhere if we were talking about defensive player of the years, candidates right now, he'd be in the top three. I think I saw and a few I saw at one. Christopher, can I add one more thing before we leave this place? Yes. Okay. I just like to tell a quick, I just like to tell a quick story. Uh, I had a couple stories, but I understand we're pressed on time and I don't we're pressed on time. Sorry. We're pressed on time. Right, so cool. Back in JV's homeland, or as he would like to call it, the old country, there's a story. Uh, that the elders like to tell the younger Lithuanians of the children at basketball camps. goes like this. I'll be really quick about it. Jonas, a rebound and a good shot, walk into a bar at the same time. Now, at first, there's some disagreement stylistically, but at the end of the night, Jonas leaves with both of them. That was the first recorded double-double in NBA history. Thank you for your time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Coach, uh, uh, get us out of here with this, man. I, I want to know, in a matchup against Milwaukee, who have a bunch of versatile uh, big men in, in specific to throw at any team, every team, um, I want to know what you think, based off of just what you've seen and you know the early momentum he had going in the Phoenix game, what, what do you think is going to be important in this matchup, just strictly from what he can control to help this team get back on the win? He's going to play a lot because between between Portis, Giannis, obviously, and, and um, Lopez, that's, you know, 6'10 and above, and they all provide they all provide perimeter spacing. Uh, I think he'll be important, more important on his defensive end. I, don't, I think his touch is going to be limited on Monday because, like you said, he's going to be getting guarded by a defensive player of the year candidate, legit. So – We've got to, we've got to, he's going to probably not going to get, he's not going to get as many ISOs. But I do think that, I do think that we'll probably see a real good defensive game from him. So we can't, we can't not play him because they're going to be able to throw on, it's going to be like Utah in a sense where they're going to have a front line of that, that'll have a seven foot no matter whether they run the Giannis, Portis, or Lopez. So yeah. JV, his track shoes on and play a lot of, play a lot of ball screen coverage. I don't think he'll switch as much, but he's going to have to, you know, he was up on the level last night. I, I can see a little bit more of that coming because he's going to have to get back out to Portis if they pick and pop. And um, and Lopez, if he picks and pops, because, you know, he's shooting them deep ones. Yeah. So I think we'll see a lot more of him, his impact on defense with challenging those shots and then, you know, helping on the glass because we're probably going to see a lot more of that too. We're going to need size on tomorrow unless bar an injury. And hell, uh, which call Ingles is coming back. So now you got somebody else that's gonna be on the front line that's providing some spacing and some uh agility. So he just gotta have his he just gotta have his defensive motor ready to go and when they maybe when they take, you know, if they got Porters matched up on him, maybe he'll get some ISOs then because he's not as formidable as Giannis yeah. or Lopez on the low block. Uh, fair enough, man. And you know, I hope um, you know, we you know, we all are, are looking for ways uh, you know, Jonas isn't isn't the reason by himself why why the team you know is losing no. or why or, or or and even in games he's played he plays or has played well in which they have won. Um, but you know, it's clear that 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 the team has to has to figure out some things together, whether it be how he's used and if he's not going to be used. Especially you know that Utah game was so confusing down the stretch with you know Utah's mm-hmm. playing three seven footers at one time and you're not um, 
you know, he's not on the floor at all, right? I mean, down the stretch, he just, you know, you just choose to go small and punt rebounding. So they got to figure out some things together. But um, we'll get out of here, man. Mike, I appreciate you. You know, you know, you know, we got, uh, you know, I appreciate, uh, you know, the uh, defense attorney, Jonas's defense attorney, Lito, from, uh, (laughs) I believe it was uh, Holy Trinity Service. Holy Trinity. Yeah, yeah. I I, I have no idea what, what it stands for, but I'm glad he pulled up. Um, and, and speaking, speaking of law firms, I mean, we're sponsored by one. So shout out to, uh, Birdsaw. We know we got, um, law firm, the injury lawyers of Bucro Media located at 918 Poison Street, right by the Superdome. Give them a call at 504-523-5413. If you or someone, you know, have been involved in an accident, be sure to mention, we sent you stay away from the Holy Trinity. We rock with Birdsaw law firm here <laughs> in space, Chris Connor. Appreciate your DraftKings Sportsbook as well. Five for the 150. Y'all know how we do. You were in space. You out. Najee, get us out of here. In the building. I told you that you get with us.